everybody. It's that feeling when we're all here together, finally, at the next web. And we're going to talk about our feelings about technology, because that's what I do. I research our emotional relationship with technology. You may be saying, wait a second, I don't think my relationship is that emotional. So we're going to start with a little game. I'm going to name an app, and you shout out what emotion you associate with that app. Let's do Instagram. Anyone? Feelings? Pleasure. Trouble. <laughs> what about shame? Like when you went back in your ex's profile and you accidentally double tapped the deep like. <laughs> and we have new emotions that we don't even know what to call them. This is John from John Koenig's Dictionary of Obscure Sorrows. He makes up words, not all about internet emotions. This one, Vimadalin. That feeling when you're taking a photograph and you know it's been photographed so many times before. Or that special shame you might have when you see yourself reflected back to you. I get this when I look at my Discover Weekly every week in Spotify, and I'm like, no, that's not me, really. <laughs> and then there's this. So many emotions here, I don't even know what they all are. There's when you're waiting for it, when it suddenly disappears. Ah. And now some emotions have a long history on the internet. There's anger, which started way back in the 90s with flame wars, went through hashtags and trolls and emojis, and now sad is the new mad, apparently. And some go back to ancient times, like facepalm. But what's happening now is that we're going to see in the next few years an emotion revolution because new technology related to artificial intelligence is going to become emotion aware. The market for this is anticipated to be huge. It's just starting right now. Apple purchased Emodiant, which is a facial coding software that tracks emotion on your face. All the other major players have some kind of emotion-aware technology in the works. And so I thought what we would do today is look toward the future. I'm going to do it in three different phases. So first, we're going to start with the near future of 2022. This is already happening. This is the age of sociable machines. And so, you know, we've always tried to imbue our technology with humanity. We mean a lot of different things when we say that, when we say, oh, we want to make technology more human. That's kind of the benchmark for great technology in a way, right? That's the Turing test. That's everything we want about technology is in this weird way we want to replicate ourselves for some reason. <laughs> Apple does a really great job of these humanizing touches, whether they're small gestures, like when you put in your password incorrectly back in those days before we had face ID or thumb ID, and it would give you a little head shake. No, <laughs> that's wrong. There have been missteps. Clippy's sort of the classic one because he lacked some emotional intelligence. He interrupted you and didn't learn from you. Now, this, that was before AI, though, and so the potential is there to do something else with it. And of course, we're going to see a whole run of social robots they all look a little bit like this, not 
like humanoid robots, but they're going to have elements of humanity to them. Let's look at one that was developed over the years by one of the um, top researchers in this area, Cynthia Brazil, at MIT, and it's called Jibo. Hey, I'm Jibo. I don't think we've met. I'd offer to shake your hand, but, well, I have no hands. And high fives hurt my face. Yeah. So they're cute. <laughs> and cuddly and friendly. And when you ask people about their voice assistants, like Alexa, like Siri, a lot of people are saying now, I wish it was a real person. Not just little kids. People are actually hoping to have real, vibrant, complicated conversations with their voice assistants. But you know what? We don't really need that to have a relationship with technology and to humanize it doesn't matter what it is. It could be a water heater in the street, for instance. I know, she's so cute. much to humanize our technology, or to humanize anything for that matter. If it has eyes, if there's a hint of a gesture, if it has a voice, if it has a backstory, or any kind of irregular erratic movement, spend any time on the Roomba subreddit and you'll see. We humanize everything. And we want to be friends with technology so much so that we might envision ourselves at some point having a relationship, something like a human relationship with technology. Now, we're going to have to get over the uncanny valley aspect of it, and we may have that kind of a relationship. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that today, but afterwards, see me. <laughs> it might depend on the robot, though. I mean, frankly, this is pretty, pretty terrifying. <laughs> we don't want to have a relationship with, with this except running away. <laughs> Boston Dynamics, <laughs> always with the scariest robots. Okay, so let's skip ahead a few more years to 2025. This is the age of machine-readable emotion. This is already happening, this is already being embedded in a lot of our systems. What does this really mean? It means that artificial intelligence will learn from the data that we provide with our bodies about emotion. So whether that's face, or gesture, or voice, even eventually um, gait, how we walk, and other signals like our pulse rate or breath. The most successful one so far has been face, facial recognition. Obviously, this seems pretty well on track. And what the technology does is actually just track very few basic emotions at this point. So if you've seen the movie Inside Out, it's those same emotions. They come from research that's been done back in the 1960s about how we react in our face and how that can be coded to particular emotions. Now, this is already being used. It's being used at events. This is from Wimbledon a couple years back, where you can see they have three different data points. They have people's emotion from a wearable, they have emotion tracked in text from Twitter, and then also signals from 
the bleachers themselves, which have been embedded with sensors. Now, games can be more personal, like this one called Nevermind. This has multimodal support for motion detecting, and the game changes depending on what your reaction is. So if you're afraid and stressed out, you're going to get a different experience than if you're calm. This can teach you to manage your emotions, or it can give you a thrill if you're in the mood for that. Now, obviously, this has therapeutic uses, too. A lot of this technology emerged out of helping people who have trouble recognizing their emotional triggers. One is PTSD, um, is one area of concern. And here from USC, they have developed kind of a virtual therapist that tracks um, your emotions. And it looks a little bit like this. It can actually sense your feelings from your face and other biomarkers and give you advice based on that. So, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. That's good. Where are you from originally? I'm from Los Angeles. Oh, I'm from LA myself. <laughs> okay, or it can be used for safety. It's being used in cars to detect sleepiness and distraction, but also two other big causes of accidents, which are anger and sadness. For some reason, when we get in our cars, it's just like when we get on airplanes, we let our emotions go and we get sad, and it causes accidents. Obviously, we want to hook all this stuff up to the babies because they're adorable, but we don't always understand them. And so what if we could understand their cries? Now, all of this technology is coming together with our previous trend, the social robots. This is Pepper, and you'll see Pepper at, sometimes at conferences, actually, and at banks, in waiting rooms, at hospitals. And Pepper has some emotion-aware capabilities. Now, to teach him this, they sent Pepper to high school because where better to learn about emotion than from a bunch of teenagers where emotion runs high. And we're just starting to see some new applications of this. How could it make us more emotionally intelligent about our choices? Artist Lauren McCarthy has been experimenting with this idea over the years, and one of my favorite projects is called People Keeper where she looks at what if we had emotion-aware technology that helped us manage our social lives. So just take a look. We only have so much emotional bandwidth Bring it in. and limited time. Our social circles are widening. We don't know. All those relationships can be overwhelming. Now, there's an app. PeopleKeeper tracks your physical and emotional response while you're hanging out, and it analyzes the data to identify who stresses you out, makes you excited, sad, or happy. See how your relationships stack up, and let PeopleKeeper find the ones that work for you. It'll automatically manage your relationships, so you don't have to. Scheduling time with people that make you feel good, and blocking the ones that don't. Forget fake friends, failed romance, and FOMO. Optimize your social life with PeopleKeeper. 
yeah. <laughs> so, like any good speculative design, this is actually available in the App Store, and you can try it out. So I thought I would. So if any of you have a partner or are married, you'll probably understand my relationship to Steve, who <laughs> makes me the most angry and the least angry at the same time. And it actually does offer you some suggestions. So when I was texting him to pick me up at the train station one day, it offered me some helpful advice that I could, <laughs> I could send. <laughs> I may or may not have sent that. <laughs> So but this technology, it's not that strange because it's already being used just a little bit in our email apps. It's already starting to be embedded. So we have email helpers. We have ones that are included in email, like Google. They just actually uh, demonstrated that the other day, but it's already there. And this is from Crystal, where it tracks your emotions over time and assigns you a personality and then gives you some prompts or some ways to communicate better with people. It's already being used in customer service areas um, so that the, the agents can understand our emotions better. And probably for better or worse, it's used most often right now in advertising. So that's machine-readable emotion. That's coming together with sociable robots. But I think by 2030, the potential is there for us to reach parity on emotional intelligence, where we will see not only emotionally intelligent machines, but more emotionally intelligent people. So instead of machines that just have IQ, we'll have machines with EQ. Now, like most of our internet history, it starts with cats. Cats are a good way to think about this, actually. <laughs> so. Obviously, the technology works really well on cats. We can see that contempt. I don't know, maybe it just made a guess at that, because that's always a cat expression, but... <laughs> Grumpy cat, so many emotions. We'll see emotion aware technology move from just a few emotions to being able to detect a lot of different emotions, and maybe helping us to reflect a little bit on ourselves and our emotions. Henri Le Chat. Unfortunately, Henri is retiring, so enjoy while you still can. This all comes at a time when we're going through a revolution with what we know about emotion. So back in 1884, William James asked, what is an emotion? In some sense, we still don't really know the answer to that question. There's tons of debate. And you can see over the years, it's sort of flipped back and forth. Is emotion more in the body? Is emotion more in, inside of us? Is there outward reflection? Is there inward? In Victorian times, a bunch of Victorian dudes got really curious about emotion and started evolutionary psychology, this idea that we instinctually react, and it shows up in our faces, and it's universal. But now what we're seeing is that theory of emotion is being challenged. We are seeing cultural context being included, new theories of emotion that tell us we have a complicated sense of emotions. The more words we learn, the more emotionally intelligent we can be. So if you've ever had that urge to like pinch a little baby's chubby cheek, but you haven't had a word for it, there is a word in Tagalog, it's jigil. 
and now you can use it, and now you know that other people have that feeling, and you develop and grow your emotional intelligence. We're learning that animals may feel emotion. There have been new laws created based on this. The implications of emotion are vast because they help us prioritize, they help us reflect, they help us deal with the complexity of life. So what we'll see in this next era is a growing recognition of the complexity of emotion and a growing recognition that there isn't just one action that follows from an emotion, but a number of complicated interactions that follow from it. And so maybe what we'll see in this next era is a coming together of human and machine emotionally it was intelligent. Difficult. I mean, you miss them. You're worried. You don't. You don't know what's going on. You know, and I can't tell you everything. As soon as you hang up the phone, you're worried until the next phone call. So, can you get the emotion from that one? Anyone want to make a guess? Yeah, sometimes machines are going to be better at reading certain aspects of emotion than we are, and we're still going to be better at certain aspects of emotion too. So. The vision is that maybe these two come together in some way that will bring us greater intelligence and, and machines greater intelligence. This clip is a vision from Toyota's iConcept car, where over time you grow a relationship with your car's voice UI. I'm just going to show you a tiny, tiny bit of this before we go. Hey, look. Isn't that the boy you like over there? I think that's true. Oh Trevor. my God, stop you it. You were just texting okay, him last bye. night. Hey, hon. All right. Love you. It's the future. That's why they look like that. How are you? Yui. Display I love you on the front panel. No. Hey, no. Charlotte. Yeah. Are you? No, the car should have stopped him. <laughs> Did you see that? That's so embarrassing. Okay, let's just focus on the good news. Oh. Now, my teenagers didn't want me to show that because they were like, no, we're not like that. <laughs> but they are. Now, may, and maybe we'll even get to use this excellent technology on our dogs to understand their emotion, especially dogs without tails, but, you know, it could work on any animal. The one thing I've learned on this journey, and maybe you've learned too over the course of years, is that it's going to take us a while to sort this stuff out. Emotions are incredibly complicated. We still don't know everything about emotion. And when you see these claims that by 2022, your machine is going to know more about you emotionally than a family member, you're right to be skeptical. There's a lot of ways that this can go wrong. When I talk about this, people are like, wow, that's super creepy. We could try to regulate our emotions by putting like plastic potato chips on our heads. Don't do that. I did it, and I had a headache for days. So no, don't do that. <laughs> we could give ourselves really silly advice. That would not be good. We could go all you know, surveillance system, social scoring, as seems to be happening in China right now, unfortunately. Hopefully, we won't do that. And although I wouldn't be averse to hiding out in cool 80s-style you know, guises like this to trick the emotion AI, maybe, we'll be tempted to do a lot of things with it and to adjust personality and even to try to replicate humans, like this effort to replicate a human 
virtually with emotional recognition. But what I want to see for the future is that right now, we're a little bit ahead of the robots on emotional intelligence. And I think what we're going to see in the coming years is that the robots' emotional intelligence is going to go up, and humans is probably going to stay the same for a while. And then maybe, just maybe, as the emotional intelligence of machines go up, our emotional intelligence goes up too. Thank you very much. <laughs>